Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. football playoffs they have arrived all of you are in them but you still have some huge questions discussions internally conundrums of who to start who to sit make that one choice that takes you over the top into the next round that's why we're here Hayden Winks Josh Norris Hayden's rankings which are linked in the description down below we're going to go with quarterbacks running backs and then wide receivers Hayden we kind of like do a top-down view in a conversation of, of the week before we get into this. Um, you pointed out last week, it was two great teams facing each other. It felt like on every other game this week, it's one really good team against one really bad team constantly. Yeah. And that's created this huge oh, divergence <laughs> of the elite teams versus basically a whole class of middle tier or terrible offenses. So if you don't have players from these offenses right here, I think you're going to be in tough shape. So I think, this week, more than ever, there's cliffs at each position, especially at quarterback. And as we'll get to in a moment, some really promising offenses earlier this year that might have like hit some stumbling blocks, like the Miami Dolphins against a tough matchup. And then in the Detroit Lions, who are kind of, again, reasserting themselves with a lot of firepower of these last five weeks, having a tough matchup on their own against the New York Jets. I've got one more thing to say. Yeah, uh, we had some complaints about like Travis Homer and stuff uh, in the comments. Remember, oh. as a reminder, we update our stuff to lock like we updated on Sunday morning. And then even after Correct. when we're done with our shows, I'm updating my columns, follow the news. We are bringing this content all the way until kickoff. These takes do not lock in on Thursday morning. I'm with you. Look, we're not recording these things on, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Join us 1030 Eastern on Sunday mornings for that start sit show where we go like two hours just yes. answering your questions. That is all that we do. So again, we do our best, but information is very fluid. And even as you saw last week, some of the information can be wrong until kickoff, like with the Tony Jones, Travis Homer stuff. Yep. So let's do it. Think of these, especially this quarterback discussion we're about to have as general views of the offense. And typically I go, you know, through the S tier and the A tier and so on and so forth. But I did want to pinpoint where Tua Tungavailoa sits in this dynamic, all the way down in the D tier. I mean, this is what, 22, 23, something like that as quarterback? I know it's been a struggle the last two weeks, but tell the people why this has happened. So I've moved him up slightly because the team okay. total is creeping up, but still to quarterback 19. There's a couple things obviously going against Tua. Right now, their team total is in the 17 range. Typically, that's like at 27, 28. Uh, because they're playing in Buffalo, that means that they're facing a good uh, defense. And the weather for Sunday night is snow, uh, 26 degrees, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. 
Um, so there's a lot of things going against him, but I think even without that, regardless of matchup, we're starting to see somewhat of a blueprint. I really don't like that uh, term unless it's my rankings column called the, the blueprint. But if this press man coverage being physical, make two actually read the field instead rather than uh, pre-snap, just throw the ball into these soft pockets and zone coverage. If that's going to be a problem, um, I think the Bills defense, very smart organization. I think they'll follow that trend. And I want to see Tua be able to break that because his mm. physical limitations, I think this is where you can actually buy into some of the blueprint stuff. I, I discussed this. You know, they are first in passes to the intermediate level of the field. They are 11th in deep shots. Meanwhile, they're like 33rd on passes in zero to nine yards and behind the line of scrimmage. Getting that in the phase of the play, which also means, you know, Tua can't just rip the ball at 2.5 seconds down the field like he has been, because that's where the things have been manufactured, is, I think, a wrinkle that they can add on to this. But Hayden, I also believe that that is different than what he's done these previous years when he's taken advantage of those areas, because as we talked about over and over, a lot of that were those RPOs to the left side. And this isn't an RPO-based offense anymore. It's a, hey, we're going to get these guys in the spaces that we create for them. So just to condense this down for a little bit with Tua, this seems like a, a two-sided thing for you to move him down the rankings, and this impacts the rest of the team, right? Because it's not just the weather, which could be a lot. It's also the wind. It's the temperature. It's all of that. But it's also what we've seen these last two weeks. And sure, not every defense is the 49ers and even the chargers played them different than the 49ers did where they took away a lot of that inside leverage and tried to force Tua to throw to the outside. And he just didn't even want to throw to the outside. So it's almost to you, despite what he's shown so much this season, you have to see what the counter punch is. And we have seen that from other teams and, and other organizations in the past too. Yep. Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Tua, their left tackle, all dealing with some some level of injury as well. So I think it all plays into it. So, um, yeah, let's find some players to start over to it because I'm putting my name. He's a sit this week. Okay, love that. All right, so then the real S tier is Patrick Mahomes at the top, then Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen against his Miami Dolphins defense and that same exact weather, Justin Herbert all the way up as quarterback four, and Dak Prescott. Which of these names you want to hit on? So just a rapid fire, uh, Mahomes, the highest team total on the slate. I know the Texans have, they're actually first against fantasy quarterbacks because they are so bad against the run, but Patrick Mahomes trying to win the MVP this year. So yeah. I'm betting on that. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, we always talk about the um, splits, what the Eagles like to do. I think this is a week where they're going to lean on the run game. I have Miles Sanders ranked really high, but even with that, Jalen Hurts is a part of that. So I'm not too concerned there. Josh Allen, um, the team total is a little bit lower, but just always got to bet on his uh, rushing production. The weather for him is less of a factor because, you know, he's Josh Allen, not uh, a smaller quarterback from Hawaii. Um, and then Justin Herbert, like you said, this is the one that's the most intriguing Huge. for me. Uh, right now, the Chargers are second in neutral pace. They're first in neutral pass rate. Offense is facing the Titans, like we have said every single time. It's a massive pass funnel. Offense is facing them pass the ball in neutral situations at the highest rate in the league. The Justin Herbert pass attempts in this game could be completely monstrous. So I have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen ranked very high. And Justin Herbert, I know it's been struggle city, but the offensive line and the skill players are healthier. He himself is a little bit healthier. Fire him up. There are three-point favorites in that game. Getting Mike Williams back was huge for this team. We saw Tennessee just get lit up by, you know, Trevor Lawrence last week. Uh, is it weird to say that this game could potentially go one of two ways? You mentioned the pace and everything of the Chargers, but like, let's say the Titans get the ball first and maybe score 10 points. Could they then 
slow it down because of obviously where the Chargers are have their weakness is the strength of the Titans offense as well. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, the Titans are going to want to run the ball and they might be able they to almost want to do it. like two very different pacey things, the two offenses. Right. Yes. Um, I just think the Chargers roster is so much better than the Titans roster right now. Um, and I thought Herbert played one of the best games oh, of yeah. his career last week. So I just want to bet on the Titans defense. Like you said, they're injured and their secondary was never good in the first place. Uh, so it just bombs away and must win for the Chargers basically for the rest of the season. We'll talk about these pieces a little bit on the Bills as we go along, but that was a really intriguing matchup to go back and watch in week three once again, because you remember it was all of the sun and dehydration and cramping and actually Tua leaving just before halftime with the first head injury and then coming back after head after halftime. Anyways, it's uh, intriguing stuff. Now, with the Cowboys, we didn't hit on them as much. They're facing the Jaguars, 48 total. They're four-point favorites on the road. Weird game last week, obviously, against the Texans. They did not cover that 17-point spread. Uh, but Jacksonville's defense, while it's had a couple of its moments the last couple weeks, still have totally sucked this year. Yeah, they're 31st in adjusted sack rate on defense. And obviously, the Cowboys have a pretty good offensive line. Dak Prescott maneuvers in the pocket at elite levels. The What's intriguing about this game is, one, the the team totals are pretty, pretty rock solid here. Uh, but both teams are top 10 in neutral pace. And that's get, getting my attention. So... Um, all in on Dak Prescott and some of the other ones. This is, yeah, I agree with you. Kind of like the, the tiered break because like Kirk Cousins, I threw in as my quarterback six, not because yeah. I like it, but just because their implied team totals at 26 and a half. And there's a big tier drop kind of after that. So it's like, he's kind of the, the middle ground, but I don't love Kirk Cousins being quarterback six by any means. All right. After that for Kirk Cousins, it is Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A defense that, you know, drew a lot of respect earlier this season. Uh, that's just a total of 44 in that game. I believe Vita Vea is probably out for this one. There are other players who are doubtful. I think that this Bucks defense, just like the offense, is kind of a shell of themselves. And it wouldn't be shocking at all. And I know the game's in Tampa Bay. But if Joe Burrow just continues this consistency with or without Tyler Boyd, with or without T. Higgins, it's going to be more difficult. But Man, he, he's on fire at the moment, like we say every single week. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd both limited. Tyler Boyd, when asked if he's going to play, he said, quote, it's just a finger. I'm going to be out there. Um, T. Higgins, we'll see on that. But um, Jamar Chase is just good enough with this. And I agree. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is still frisky. They're very aggressive. They can win in some ways. But they've been pretty banged up right now. They're just not the same. It's just the Bengals only project for like 23 and a half points. So they're just like such a teardrop from the other guys. I had to put them here. Next to Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. We know Trevor's on a heater. That game actually could have a lot of pace to it in Dallas oh, yeah. and Jacksonville too. Justin Fields is a weird one, man. I mean, they are way underdogs. Nine-point underdogs here at home. They're obviously coming off of their bye week. No receivers left against an Eagles defense that has been gotten in spots. But I kind of feel really good about that team, obviously, in totality. And I think what we're banking on, and it makes sense, is a huge Justin Fields run. We're getting one of those every single week, though. Yeah, going into the bye week, he wasn't even getting that many quarterback-designed runs because he was playing through that shoulder injury, and he still went crazy. I think with the bye week, I think that he is healthy. There will be design runs. The problem is the offensive line, defensive line mismatch is about as wide as it can possibly yeah. get. And I know that the Eagles, there was a time where they were – getting ran on a little bit. I'm not sure. They've added so many pieces back to that front uh, defensive line. I'm not sure how sticky that is. So this is a 
I would say this is a compliment to be ranking Justin Fields by himself. Remember, no Darnell Mooney. Uh, Chase Claypool is on the injury report. Uh, name your favorite Bears remaining wide receiver at this point. And I still have him as the quarterback eight. And there might be even some weather concerns here. Um, so this is a hat tip to Justin Fields that he's even in the conversation for top 10. And while design runs are great and they've given us points, he's had a couple long runs off of those. The real long runs happen on scrambles. Like this yes. is what you always hear from former quarterbacks is namely Josh McCown. The real long runs happen off scrambles. All right. Next year, Aaron Rodgers off of his bye Monday night football against the Los Angeles Rams. They're seven point favorites. Imagine thinking that a few weeks ago when the Packers were, were really, really struggling. I don't know if there's that much more to go into that one other than out of a bye post by rookie bump for a bunch, maybe even Romeo Dobbs coming back. This could be the best Packers offense that we've seen for a while, even if the total is quite small. Yeah, skill players are there, and their team total is a little bit higher than like the next tier. And the Rams' defense is getting worse; they have like nothing really to play for. Um, so yeah, this is like another example where I don't love Aaron Rodgers being in my top ten. Like, look at the pace: thirtieth in pace, 29th in pace in this matchup. Um, but like you said, the skill group looks serviceable for the first time this entire season with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, both the running backs healthy. Okay, I want to talk about Jared Goff, who's next. I Maybe on an island. I cannot believe we're having this Jared Goff is good again discourse. Uh, when in relation to just watching him and knowing who he is over the last seven years, if he is pressured, he becomes one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And sure, every quarterback becomes worse when they are pressured, but no one quite has the cliff like Jared Goff does when it comes to this, right? 31st completion percentage and completion percentage isn't perfect, but let's just use that as the frame of reference here. This year when pressured, again, he's 31st. Last year was actually 12th. Then 26th, 31st, 35th, 36th, 31st over those last few weeks and years. So this week he gets the New York Jets, a defense led by Robert Sala, who, by the way, I think Jared Goff's two worst EPA games of all time have come against Robert Sala's defenses. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm really nervous because I, I don't think Jared Goff has changed his ways. And this comes down to, once again, a defensive strength against an offensive line that is very good, who maybe not having Quinn and Williams is a big changer. But I believe just entirely the Robert Sala defense could cause some huge concerns for a team that we're all starting to believe in at this moment. I'm going to meet you in the middle because my, I agree with you. My counter is, at the same time, when Jared Goff has all the pieces around him, he puts up freaking numbers and he's got the pieces around him right now dj chark jameson williams obviously the monroe st brown the offensive line's playing well so i think like to me this is kind of meet me in the middle a little bit i do think that quinn and williams uh having an injury is really important here so jared goff's been i mean he's been lights out when the monroe st brown's in there he's been, that's a legit top five yeah. offense so i I'm, I'm going quarterback 11 i think there's a massive teardrop after those like first five guys if you're dealing with this category man it's already stinky out there well, but some people might, you know, be replacing Kyler Murray or someone Super else. Flex, getting yeah. Into, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're averaging 32.2 points per game over the last five. The lines. insane. And it's great. Trust me. We have Ben Johnson, Scheme, Detroit Lions offense tomorrow on this channel. Hopefully you go and watch. It's going to be an awesome episode. But let's not try to create Jared Goff into something he's not at age, what, like 31? Like what? He's like, the, he's like the 20th best quarterback in the league. Like you can't pay him a lot of money. And when he's, he's pressured, he's the 31st quarterback in the league. Right. I think he's doing a little bit better job of not giving pressure to himself a, a little bit better than it was previously. He's like, can we just say that he's not the worst quarterback in the world? Just call him yeah. the 20th best quarterback and move on. But he's also in like the perfect environment. And right. anything that you'd see like an offensive line for the Lions ranked outside the top 10, 
Don't waste my time with that. They're a top 10 offensive line. All right. Top five offense right now. Next up after that, it's Mike White. It's redacted. It's Derek Carr. Anything else you want to say about any of these quarterbacks? No. The Geno Smith one is sticking out to me a little bit because that's an offense that obviously we really like that has put up multiple touchdown passes week in and week out. Geno Smith is going through, I'm not saying a sticky situation lately, but you know he's having a lot of turnovers early in games and some he can crawl out. Some he can't, and then it's just about the worst matchup possible against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm not touching the 49ers defense right now. It's okay. a massive problem. So, All right, that'll do it here for the quarterback room. Let's now jump on over to the running backs because there's a lot to discuss on this side as well. Let me pull it up. Forgot to do that. Hayden, at the top, it is no surprise that you have brought to the table Christian McCaffrey in a game, the Seattle Seahawks, where maybe, if not the worst, the second worst run defense over these last few weeks. So CMC reclaims his throne as the top back after that's Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, and then Jonathan Taylor reemerges as running back four. Yeah, the workloads here are amazing. It's really hard to fade fade any of them. Um, I think it starts getting interesting Like after that. Like Derrick Henry in a good matchup against the Chargers versus like James Conner. What do you do with Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders? I think that's where the, like, the discussion begins. Okay. Well, let's talk about it because this is the first time that we get both Dallas running backs in the top 10, and it makes sense. They're so in flow and in phase, and it's perfect where you know 50% goes to one, 50% goes to the other. They both can get home in this scenario. And I don't think you've had Miles Sanders ranked higher at any point this season until now. And I moved him up even to running back seven since this. Um, yeah. Going back to that, the bears have the second highest neutral run rate allowed on defense and the Eagles adapt their game plan and Miles Sanders has been balling out. So I think that it's a huge week for Miles Sanders. Uh, James Connor is like literally playing like 96% of the snaps team total. I don't really even care. I even think that there's a chance Colt McCoy is better for James Connor. Cause he's going to throw the ball to uh, James Connor. A lot here. Um, Miles Sanders uh, or Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. That's a real tough one for me because like the the team total is not as high. It's still very good, but it's not like 31 points like it was. So it's hard to squeeze both of them in here. But I'm like running out of names at like the RB1 border because like Joe Mixon's workload is down. Dalvin Cook just hasn't been as good this year. Right. Nick Chubb's on off splits like the last month of the season has been horrendous and, and like, Baltimore by the way is by far and away the best run defense over the last five weeks in the league like by miles and that's not a surprise they just traded for linebacker um yeah and then like Ken Ken Walker tonight uh their team total is only at 20 points which is lower than it has been and he's he was left off the injury report finally got a full practice in on Wednesday uh but like we said we don't want to deal with the, the 49ers so um I think there's like a, a teardrop after like the top four and then you have this huge cluster all the way down to like Saquon Barkley at running back 15. Alvin Kamara at running back 17 is an, another interesting name because no Mark Ingram. But man, the Saints have been horrendous recently. Uh, and I don't think Alvin Kamara's looked all that good. So this is like a huge clunky tier that's hard to distinguish and rank, to be honest. Well, let's try to find some answers then because right now, based on the injury report, it feels like Damian Harris at running back 19 does make sense because Ramondre Stevenson almost certainly will be out this week, Damian did travel with the team. They stayed over on the West Coast for this game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we've seen, you know, Pierre Strong have moments this past week. Kevin Harris gets some run as well. But I'm with you. Like, even despite a thigh injury that's kept him out for multiple weeks, if Damian Harris is a starting running back, I would expect him to have the lion's share of it. 
Yes. So Damien, I'm assuming he's in based off the injury reports, but uh, he will be coming off a thigh injury that we haven't like got like much clarity on. So I'm a little bit nervous there. Um, that's another reason why we have shows later in the week. Um, yeah. People are asking about like Zonovan Knight. And, like, yeah, I was, about, I was about to bring him up because Zonovan Knight and our buddy T-Strack pointed this out. I'll pull up the tweet for everyone. Um, the Detroit Lions defense started the year in an abysmal place, right? But what they have come around to is none have managed in terms of running back since week seven to hit 15 PPR points. And again, in that stretch since week seven, they faced Dalvin Cook, Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, Raheem Mostert, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones. Those are great talents. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I buy it. I like, I like to even these things out over the course of the season. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a reason why the Lions front seven is better. Um, but yeah, um, Donovan Knight. Though I, I did want to bring up just kind of his usage. Uh, Michael Carter and Donovan Knight are splitting this like 60-40. They both playing on the same drives frequently. Uh, I think Donovan Knight has looked better, like you mentioned in previous shows. So I have as running back twenty one. Um, the Jets offense is in a much better spot this week, obviously just based off of the matchup, um, Isaiah, well, but, Pacheco- you know, but, 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 but that's what I brought up because they're playing the, the lions, obviously, and the lions defense has really emerged, you know, but the, the team totals, like you're not scoring against the bills period. And yeah. I think there's a chance there's scoring opportunities here. Even if he just farts onto the one yard line and goes in for a touchdown, I think we will take those. And just quickly, Mike LaFour must watch the show because went to the podium and said the reason why we are, you know, continuing to feature Zonovan Knight is because he just brings more juice to the table. He brings more tackle breaking ability. It's what we've been saying since he made his debut over James Robinson. So uh, I actually trust Mike LaFleur to scheme things up, pull some great offensive linemen. They've been doing that and getting into the alleys and creating things um, in power situations too, up the middle. And yeah, Zonovan Knight of, that grouping, even though it includes like Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift coming back against the Jets, like I, I'm with you. I'd rather play Zonovan Knight in that scenario. Uh, I have a good read on the Chiefs backfield. By the way, the Chiefs backfield is top five in usage of the last month. I'm not sure if a Chiefs running back's been top five in usage at, at any point under Patrick Mahomes. But right now, the, mm. the tandem is is there. I think this is Isaiah Pacheco game last the last couple of games. It's been the more neutral situations this, I don't see this one being in a neutral situation at all. So I think that this is the week to get Isaiah Pacheco back in there. Um, I know Jerick McKinnon I, McKinnon is still a flex play because they do mess around with him at the goal line. But I think that this could be ice the game out the entire fourth quarter where Isaiah Pacheco looks good. So I, I would call this a start week for Isaiah Pacheco and Jerick McKinnon. I think you can get away with a flex play just because um, the wide receivers aren't as good. I think that's why the ball is getting funneled to the running backs a little bit more. I'm going to call one out and we'd love to get your input on it. Running back 28, Devin Singletary, because if we're looking at just matchups week three against Miami, when they lost 19 to 21, he had nine receptions on 11 targets for 78 yards and a touchdown. Um, Those days are over in my opinion though. Okay. That, that That's why I wanted to bring this up because we have seen in certain games and in certain matchups, Josh Allen hit checkdowns in the phase of play. And in that game, as we saw when they sent extra people, Devin Singletary was a huge part of extending and creating yardage in the passing game. He hasn't been featured like that at all the rest of the season. Five targets was his high in three other contests and that's it. So I don't know if this is, a matchup dependent thing, but I know people are going to remember that game 
and say, why this week then is he at running back 28? Over the last month, when we started to see more Naeem Hines, more James Cook, Devin Singletary's usage, RB27, James Cook, RB20, or RB41, uh, that's been in a bad Bills like situation i think that will get better as the season progresses but they're mixing in all three so it's really hard to kind of make the math work out um right there should i mean lions running backs obviously deandre swift jamal williams that's a very tough one justin jackson still playing snaps um and i'm i'm not sure if just they like deandre swift i think that's just kind of what it is so i have him back to back in my rankings in like the 20s range um, just because now we're uh, no more bye week, so I have to bring some of these guys a little bit lower than I otherwise would have. And I have Jamal Williams one spot ahead, um, just hoping for a goal line touchdown. I know we're hopping around here, but Deontay Foreman at running back 24, who's just after that, the Panthers are three-point favorites here. A reason to me that like Chuba and Blackshear got carries last week was because Deontay wasn't 100%. So something to watch the injury report. I would expect him to continue to you know, get the most amount of work, even though he set out like a series or two at times last week. And they're again, three point favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is the game environment we want from Deontay Foreman. Uh, just going down, running back 32, it's Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson's on the injury report right now. I think another one of these counters that the um, Dolphins might try to lean into is running the football. Now, weather might, you know, indicate that this week, but also offensive line healthier, Teron Armstead, another game back. Hopefully that does that too. But I don't know if that is the best matchup to attack that for the first time against the Buffalo Bills, obviously. If Jeff Wilson is out and he hasn't practiced this week, I will be moving Raheem Mostert to that like Isaiah Pacheco, Jamal Williams range. I guess like RB 21. They are dead last or last month in running back usage. The Dolphins are. Um, But after Jeff Wilson left in week 14, it was all Raheem Mostert. Uh, Ahmed had got one uh, opportunity, but other than that, it was all Raheem. Um, so I would be keep feeling pretty good that he played 70, 80% of the snaps to get almost all of the running back touches then. Last one, and this one might shock some people, in that I'm advocating for Brian Robinson this week as running back 29. The Giants' defense, run defense, has been second worst, third worst in the league over these last five or six weeks. Now, granted, Dexter Lawrence is on the injury report. I think it was just a rest day. Leonard Williams has missed multiple games, and I think he got in the limited participant. So they might get Xavier McKinney and a few other pieces back, and that can help change some things. But with a Giants defense that the starters, and once those guys went out, that second grouping, the substitutes, they have been awful. Okay? No talent, yeah. And so I think in a game environment when they're four-and-a-half-point favorites, Scott Turner might say, all right, we're going to lean on the running game here if if it's the thing that's going to work and so who knows again if the injuries change that but I, just over the last five weeks team has been very successful against the giants on the ground he's just a hard player because it's the for him to hit his upside like a lot Touchdown. of things have to go right um even with like the commanders their like neutral pass rates is like a very bottom they, they've basically turned into the falcons even over that stretch when they've done that brian robinson's still the rb30 in usage because they still use antonio gibson a bunch and brian robinson's not going to catch too many passes so um he's just a tough one to get my grasp on and i i just don't think that the commanders are going to keep winning games and i know this mm-hmm. is like obviously not the hardest matchup but um if they're losing, I don't think Brian Robinson plays that much. I think there's downside risk. So that's why I'm keeping my expectations a little bit in check. I know we need, need blah, blah. I know we need to get two wide receivers, but two more questions. The first one, um, Texans running back. <laughs> as 14-point underdogs, is it just Rex Burkhead? 
Yeah, so Daria Gumbawale was mixing in with um, Damian Pierce, but once Damian Pierce left, then it was Rex Burkhead and Eno Benjamin on early downs. Obviously, they wave Eno Benjamin. I think it's just going to be Rex or Burkhead on early downs, and then Dario Gumbawale, who's only been a passing down back his entire career, is going to be on passing down. So, like, if you had to, you can, but your team's pretty screwed if, okay. if they're in your lineup. Um, and I was going to ask one more. And it, oh, I think the player that everyone is going to question should they or shouldn't they is Thursday night, and it's Kenneth Walker as like running back 15 because it's such a difficult matchup. Although, in difficult matchups, he still has that individual talent to break one and go the distance. Running back 15 is on the fence, you know? What would you what would you tell the people? If you have a running back ranked above running back 15, I'd play him. If you don't, then I would. I think for the most part, you should be playing him. Okay. Left off the practice or off the injury report after a full practice on Wednesday. And I think they sat him last week because this game's infinitely more important in the division. So I think that's one of the reasons why he played. It's like a weird injury. It's not like a high ankle sprain or something too crazy. No, um, so you just got to gotta ride it. Wide receiver time. These are kind of connected, obviously, to the quarterbacks and some of that conversation. At the top, it is very simple. It goes Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, and Jamar Chase. I really like this ranking of Amon Ross St. Brown as wide receiver five. Now, some might say, well, Josh, you just questioned everything that Jared Goff stands for. Why? Well, it's because I got questions about this. Isn't Sauce going to travel with Amon Ross St. Brown? Absolutely not. Sauce stays on one side of the field, on the outside, 94% of the time. In fact, I believe all of his other snaps on the opposite side are once they get into goal line, red zone, inside the 10-yard situations because he kind of plays the field side in that scenario. So it's not even Sauce versus DJ Chark. It's Sauce on one side, and if the team and Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, want to get Amon Ra, who plays about 55 to 60% of the snaps in the slot than everywhere else on the outside, they can move them away from Sauce Gardner if they want to. Now, that's not to say the rest of the Jets' defense is easy to get after, but these are going to be the easiest targets, the easiest opportunities, the, the easiest production, I think, to get for this team. So I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be featured like we do every single week, despite the defense ramping up for the matchup. And even if they did put Sauce in, in the slot, which they won't, the way that they use Amon Ross St. Brown, there is no like just taking him away. Like he, he is the centerpiece and they get him on all these like weird, they'll put him in the backfield for, for all I care. So yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown is lights out. Um, my top 10, the aggressive ranking of the week. Well, there's kind of two of them is Garrett Wilson. I have him all the way up. I think now as my wide receiver six for the same reasons, the lions defense is just not very good. And right now, uh, their top five fantasy wide receiver usage with the white guy at quarterback. You remove Corey Davis, who's in the concussion protocol, and all of a sudden you put a lot of targets to both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore because Tyler Conklin hasn't been doing all that much. Braxton Barrios, they try, but he's not like a he's like a schemed up special teamer. I, I think you can get away with Elijah Moore having a very aggressive breaking on him too. And I think that this weird Jets Lions game could get kind of freaky out there. Ooh. And I want to I want to have Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore ranked above consensus. Yeah. One final note on this, and maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow too. Um, it's not like I'm saying 100% that 
the Lions offense is not going to put up yards and production and stuff because the structure of it and how they're calling plays and how the offensive line is playing so well right now is very good. And you're going to get that, you know, 70% of the time, 60% of the time. I'm just nervous for the quarterback in general when he is pressured. What happens in those scenarios if they win and lose the game because of those uh, individual moments? That That's what I'm trying to get across here. Okay. Um, Christian Kirk, you have his wide receiver 11 after uh, – Mike Williams as wide receiver 10, who immediately is thrusted back into your rankings. Yeah, we have to talk about the Chargers wide receivers. Okay. Sorry to cut you off. Just because going back, like we said, within the quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, number one in neutral pass rate, teams facing Titans, uh, number one in neutral pass rate. You can get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams as high as you want your own personal rankings. Mike Williams looked amazing coming off of his ankle injury last week. He's the alpha of this group. Uh, bet on Big Mike. Glimmer of hope for Chris Godwin as wide receiver 14. Tristan Wirfs returned to practice on Wednesday or Thursday. So we know getting back one of the best young offensive linemen in the league could help Tom Brady in this passing game to whatever, to whatever it could be. Right after that is Juju Smith-Schuster. And then uh, Terry McLaurin returns to us as like wide receiver 17, wide receiver 18. And then Amari Cooper is practicing despite dealing with an injury last week too. Yeah, the Amari Cooper stuff, his hip injury, I think, is affecting him to some degree here. So I moved him down uh, where I otherwise would have had him. Um, yeah, the DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, I think one of them's going to have a good game and one of them's not, just based off of the matchup. I can't tell you which one. It's like yeah. impossible to do that. And I don't think like there's anything about the, the 49ers secondary in particular, like, about a matchup. It's just kind of who's going to hit that big play down the field. Um, Christian Watson talked about like the regression. I split the difference. He's like wide receiver 22 in usage over the last month. He's like the wide receiver freaking one because all of his touchdowns, I'll split the difference. I think Romeo Dobbs affects Alan Lazard more than does Christian Watson. Um, so you gotta be starting all these guys. Devonta Smith's his on off splits. And then you get into like, but I believe Dallas Goddard is playing this weekend, by the way, is he playing? I know that his window opened up. If he's playing, I believe he told reporters that he is on track to be playing in week. All 15. right. Very cool. Um, Colt McCoy attached to DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, put them as wide receiver 21 and wide receiver 31 respectively. Yeah. I mean, this is a interesting territory in an interesting area. Um, I don't know if we want to call attention to any of these names specifically, but like Jerry Judy, I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to play it. Some weird indications one way and the other, if he is, and if he is, it would be Brett Ripien. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And then again, like this Michael Pittman stuff, that Colts game low key might have a lot of pace. Like that with this young play caller, they they have some pace to their team. And um, I'm not saying it's going to be successful, but Michael Pittman surely is going to see the most targets on that team. So, Brandon, you got this is one of the highest I've ranked him. Obviously, with Debo Samuel not being uh, active for this game, I and I even have Juwan Jennings in like the sleeper flex category um if you're looking for somebody tonight and you're really desperate out there um jalen waddle this is the lowest i've had him i think on the season because of the same to a discussion i think that his injury and his usage just hasn't been there um i think we've been kind of over ranking jalen waddle for like the last month a little bit so i have him down kind of in line with the team total what what i hope for jalen waddle is they get some manufactured stuff for these wide receivers short and that helps him out just with volume in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of volume, we get Drake London with Desmond Ritter. I'm sure this was an impossible ranking. You Does that mean a lot of volume or not a lot of volume? As wide receiver volume. 28, but I, I think just naturally, 
game to game, we're going to see more throwing and more passing volume from this team with Desmond Ritter at quarterback than we did with Marcus Mariota. Yeah, post by rookie bump for Drake London, obviously hopefully there's some narrative the two rookies they've been throwing the ball to each other all off season there's some chemistry there um and i think for the most part the falcons pass game can't get worse like i i, I hope i'm correct with that so i'm a little bit optimistic yeah, that like 17 and a half expected half PPR points coming into the buy so boom bust wide receiver three as is gabe davis as is mike evans and then you get into your like zay jones dj shark and then the steelers wide receiver group yeah the, the tough one is DJ Moore at wide receiver 40. I'm with you with this in that last week, Sam Darnold just, they did not want him to throw the football at all. And they're going to run the ball 70% of the time. And that is aided when you're in positive game script. If they're negative, then they have to at some point. Um, I would expect them to be in positive game script though, with their defense going against Mitchell Trubisky. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And he's got a little bit of injury. So right. um, if I had to call him, I'd call him a sit, then a, a start, but all right. So we've done it at quarterback, running back, and wide receivers. Again, you can all check out the full rankings listed down below. And also, we have God's other game in playoffs, best ball. Hayden did a full video on it on the channel. It's only like five and a half minutes long. Go and watch it. Uh, if you've never played NFL playoffs, best ball before, it is a game that is impossible to solve. And that makes it even more fun for you because you basically have to figure out which teams are going to get a buy at this point. If you want to invest in those, but not too much, because then you still need to win in week one, so on and so forth. Again, the video, go and check it out. The games are live right now on Underdog. The tournaments are live right now. Um, you'll enjoy it. Trust me. You'll enjoy it. And I've, I'm trying to solve that issue of who's playing who and the bye weeks and all that stuff in this column. If you read this column, I think that's your edge. So go read the column. Go get in there. $1 million tournament right now Ooh. with more coming. A $1 million for NFL playoffs is pretty insane. Uh, the person, by the way, who won $1 million in the regular season prize in Best Ball Mania 3, used promo code the show. That means it's good luck. That means you should do it as well. Again, if you've joined the channel during the season and you've heard of Best Ball and haven't played it so far, this is the best way to start doing it is play off Best Ball. You'll enjoy it. Links in the description down below. All right. Uh, tight ends, real quick. Rapid fire tight ends. Uh, obviously, Kelsey, number one. Ninjoku, Hawkinson, Schultz, Andrews. Like I think David. that's a tier. Right there, George Kittle and Fryermuth. It's a very difficult discussion. Kittle's usage is nowhere near where it was. I'm not sure if his efficiency is going to be as great, but you remove Debo. I think that he still has somewhat of a ceiling. Pat Fryermuth is a dog, but the rest of that offense, and he's got a little bit of an injury working on that. Evan Ingram after last week, it's hard. What do you do with that? Obviously, that was an outlier, but Josh did a good job. Go watch um, stats versus film. They're scheming up Evan Ingram and Trevor Lawrence playing the best football of his career after that. Now we're just getting a touchdown or bus guys. You can read about that. Jeff Driscoll. We have to hit on this Yahoo and some other platforms, yes. including uh, underdog fantasy. He's eligible as a tight end. There's a chance that he's going to be getting quarterback snaps. I like think that 50% he has of them more. I think he ranks better than Taysom Hill ever has because he's going to get like 20 dropbacks at tight end. You can do worse. And I'm, I think I'm going to look around and see what other people are rejecting Jeff, Jeff Driscoll uh, in the fantasy industry. If the projections are right, I might have to be moving him up into the top Ooh. 10 right now. He could be the cheat code. Even if you have an elite tight end, pick him up because next week, if he is getting quarterback, if Davis Mills uh, gets injured, Jeff Driscoll will be the reason why you win your fantasy league. Pick him That's up. That's true. That's true. All right. Show the people the sickos. We got to get out of here before one more minute. Um, sickos chart. Very important for the people out there 
in terms of picking their defenses. Again, oh, it's not loading, is it? There it is. No, it's not loading, it's not but loading. I'm, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. Hurry. You have a minute. You have a minute, Hayden. I'm working on it. Give me a second. Got it. All right. Eagles. Congratulations, Packers, Washington. Eagles. Yeah, congratulations. There's, there's a lot of good defensive options this week. I don't think like the Sikos chart matters that much. There's a lot of teams kind of filtered right in that same spot. Low key, one more time. Daniel Jones, higher and lowers in the pick and lobby. The commander's defense against running quarterbacks has been abysmal all season long. They got got prior to their bye week. He hit the higher in the first quarter. Keep that in mind, and maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow's show as well with our 15 guys ahead of week 15. All right, that's going to do it, everyone. Like, subscribe, tell your friends about the channel. Up the Villa. We'll talk to you all soon. See you.